Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Hey, this is Kevin Gosman. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's Best Sports Talk. Hey, this is Jay Gibbons. You're listening to Section 336, Baltimore's Best Sports Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stunning host, Matt Swerka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Burt Rode. What up, Coconut? I'm sitting in Matt's seat tonight. And the button lover, Josh Swerka. Hey, how's it going? Matt, How? Uh, <laughs> I'm just shocked it all technically worked with getting you on Mimo and still being able to go through <laughs> all this. So I was, I was happy to see your face when the show started. Live from the Eastern Shore. I'm coming, I'm coming to you live from the jetty on the Eastern Shore. The jetty. Uh, you know what we need? It's because we need more analytics over here. What that, do you mean? More analytics would help would help the podcast work a whole lot better. Baseball analytics? I don't know. Podcast analytics, video analytics. I mean, that's more Bert's thing. He's all about the woozawuzzle. Yeah. How do you think woozawuzzle would improve our performance? Uh, well, we had an intern who used to provide analyses and fun facts. Yeah. If I could get a breakdown, like some stats on like when I stutter, what did that impact does that have on my performance? Like every time I stuttered, yeah, right. Um, I think that'd be good information to know that could make me a better podcaster. The mic check here and there, you know, go back and listen to uh, where where your your stuttering cues might be. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's all about the the data underneath the data, right? Just mm-hmm. as that Zach Britton, absolutely. Oh, I yeah. okay. Now I get what you guys are, are going towards here. I, I see. well, you know, it's been after weeks of the of no Oriole news. We had a bunch of news this week, and it broke right after last Monday's show. It's right. like we had nothing to talk about last week, and then boom, Tuesday news, you know news, news, news. We we changed our theme song. We took Buck out of our theme song, mm. so the Orioles said, "All right, it's safe to get rid of Buck now." Perfect timing. Yeah. Um, do you know what I did right before the show? How many managers can can you do this with? I I watched a highlight reel of Buck Showalter's post conferences, his his post game conferences, right? Okay. And just kind of all his great kind of one liners and zingers and talking about cotton candy and and favorite flavors of sherbet and uh, nose breathing. 
Yeah, nose breathing, all, all that good stuff. And why is the foul <laughs> pole not just called the fair pole? Right. So um, we're gonna we're gonna miss that. We're gonna miss the <laughs> totally. press conferences. I, I don't think I think sometimes we forget how entertaining Buck is. I mean, they don't turn just every manager into a freaking garden gnome, right? I think there's something a little bit there's something special about Buck that we're gonna. I think people are a little are underestimating. Just his personality and the influence his personality had in the city of Baltimore. Yeah, definitely. It's not. Have you ever watched uh, press conferences from other coaches? They're generally pretty boring. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, this year the press conferences weren't as good as years in the past because I think Buck Showalter was just always pissed off because of how his team yeah. was playing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys what have you lighting issues over there. That's, you guys so... <laughs> like, just went in the dark for a minute and yeah. then we're in the light again. Someone, yeah, someone. Uh, Someone must have pressed the button to turn all the lights in the house off. Josh's uh, kids are messing with us. I saw them all the intern at it again. Or it's the intern. I saw I saw all the lights dim, and then uh, I had to turn them back on. So yeah, yeah I, I think that's know. nice. It's set the mood for you and Bert. I think that's sweet. It's a little weird because I think this is the first time just me and Josh have been in the studio together, looking at each other face to face across the desk, watching Matt on the computer screen, and all of a sudden Josh starts dimming the lights on <laughs> me and him in this quiet room. <laughs> a little awkward. Hey all right, so let's let's jump right into it, and we will save some time at the end to get into some Ravens Browns talk because I know we want to talk about about that fiasco that happened right, over the weekend. That, that was exciting. Oh gosh, yeah, I want to hear Bert. Bert's off the bandwagon. I'm out. Going to I'm out. Again. Can't wait to yeah, go to Costco yeah, on Sunday. You want the lights dimmed for you? But but let's start with uh, let, let, let's start with the okay. So we thought Josh. You told me I'm blaming Josh. He told me Buck Showalter's gone. Daniel Ketzkoff is going to stay. Well, if you rem- remember. Uh... Back, was it July that that I was getting the text messages saying, "Oh, Buck, Buck's staying. Buck's not going anywhere. It's Duquette who's going out. Uh, that Duquette's leaving." But this was during the whole during all the trade rumors. Remember, we we were saying, "No, it's very clear in the warehouse. Buck's staying, and they're yeah. working out an extension with Buck." That was in July. Yeah. That was in like the end of July, and they went on and to we, lose fifty more games. And we kind of blew off that source, uh, yeah, yeah. saying we didn't buy it, we didn't believe it. So then, then yeah, we hear I, I never bought that source for anything. Right, me. exactly. Then we hear rumors that I think even national guys were reporting about the fact that Dan Duquette's staying, which made sense to us with how the Orioles handled things in July and the post-game conference and we're changing things, we're looking to the future. Everything right, that and Duquette, Duquette was said. the man in charge of making all those trades and, and getting the rebuild started. Right. Duquette, if anyone, Duquette thought he was staying – because he yeah. was the one, I guess, who was giving all all these sound nuggets and everything, and quotes sound about nuggets. about the fact that he's going to be staying here and he'll be here next year. Yeah, I mean, and, and not just trading guys like Zach Britton and Manny Machado, who you had to trade because last year on the contract, but also trading guys you could have waited to trade, Gossman like and Gossman and Jonathan Scopey and right, uh, Darren O'Day. Not really, but kind of. Well, Darren O'Day, you dumped him because of money. Yeah, but still, that was like a. Look into the future move because he was still in a contract for yeah. a couple more years. Sure, sure. And yeah, so it was so I think it was a little surprising that Danny Cat was let go. Uh, um, I don't know who you want to go with first. I guess just real quick, let's talk about Buck Showalter. And then I think Danny Cat is kind of a little more interesting what happens there. Yeah. Uh, but, but Buck Showalter, we kind of saw the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, um, I mean, even Buck made it clear in his last press conferences, he kind of even knew he was done. Yeah. And it, it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because you lose 115 games. You don't deserve to come back for another year. But at, at the same time, uh, Buck Showalter, I think is the best manager um, I've ever seen in my lifetime. The second longest tenure next to only Earl Weaver, who was a little bit before my time. So, I, I mean, certainly I I, I, I mean, it, it's tough to watch him go, right? He's, and he's a manager who not only was he, was he really good at press conferences, and not only did he bring winning back to Baltimore, but he, he got the city. And people have made this comment before, and right. it's true. Like, Buck Showalter got the city, and we got Buck Showalter. Uh, and so I... We went through a lot of managers before we found Buck, a lot of bad managers before we found Buck. And so, yeah, you can say we need to go on, we need to move on. But at the same time, uh, Buck was Buck was one of the good ones. Right, because it makes you wonder because you can't go better than Buck. You're not going to find a, a, a manager that's better. 
But at the same time, you need someone that's going to, I guess, bring a different voice in. They talk about how a manager's voice in the clubhouse wears wears out over years. But I don't know how it wears out when you do a rebuild and you've dumped all the players. So it's all new, fresh people. You could start completely over as the manager, you would think. Yeah, and I don't even think it's that Buck Showalter lost his voice or anything in the in the clubhouse. I think it's they're just starting over. And so when you're starting over, it makes sense to just start over completely. And I, I mean, I would not be surprised if Buck Showalter was also like a mutual thing. Buck Showalter's like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay leaving too. Right. Um, Do you think it's a money thing that Buck Showalter costs too much? Yeah, for, I mean, that, for, that might for three more years of losing. Yeah, I mean that that might be part of it too. Uh, but I, but we'll have to wait and see if they actually go in a new direction with the manager. Because there is an opportunity to go in a new direction with the manager, go a little more uh, sabermetrically inclined, a little new agey. Everyone knows Buck Showalter's old fashioned, right? So I'm curious to see what they do with this, and this will say a lot about the organization. These next two decisions, when a general manager and a manager, will say a ton about the direction that this team is headed. Because uh, there's been a lot of talk recently, yeah. yeah. Uh, and let's and get... now they have the opportunity to back up that talk with some action. Right, right. Let's get to the talk uh, after we like kind of move on to these guys are gone and it should be clear nobody was fired their contracts were up right right yeah they were let go or they were just not extended or not re-signed i don't know were they fired because contracts go till the end of the world series (laughs) so maybe you were no i think they're still in a contract i think they still get paid until the october 31st okay um they just don't do any work from now until the 31st anymore Uh, it's like a severance i want to be fired that way well all right we can have that arranged. Uh, no, I, I think I don't, because you can't blame Buck for Chris Davis being atrocious. You can't blame Buck for Dylan Bundy for getting how to pitch. It amazes me how many managers are like managers of the year or general managers, which which is a couple years ago, general managers of the year, and then fast forward a couple years and they get fired. Like, how do you go from being the best manager in baseball to fired in two years? Well, right. one way is like your players start to suck, right? And you're only as good of a manager as your players are. And so the fact that Dylan Bundy never developed this year, the fact that Chris Davis was terrible, the fact that Mark Trumbo should not have made all that money, like none of that stuff saw Buck Showalter, yet he kind of uh, faces the, the, the brunt of all that. Right. Yeah, we've talked about how it's a year that just everything that could go wrong went wrong. So uh, yeah, yeah, you can't blame you can't blame Buck Showalter on Kobe Rasmus quitting after two months. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can blame a little bit because he had a little thing for him, I think, and I think he was one of the reasons that we signed Kobe Rasmus. So on that one, actually, I can't hold him a little responsible because okay. you, you should already know a quitter. You should know you before you sign him. Yeah, he's already quit once before. Uh, but but overall, yeah, like Buck Showalter is a great manager. Um, like if I was the Nationals, I don't know who the Nationals got over managing their team. But they had Dusty Baker. Then they brought a new guy this year, and all of a sudden they can't even make the playoffs. If I was the Nationals, I'd fire whoever they have not bringing Buck Showalter if I was the Nationals. Do you think but, Buck? But we're in a different situation. Right, here. right. Do you think Buck continues to manage? Do you think he uh, goes back to another team? Before he was with the Orioles, he was with ESPN for many years. Yeah. So I could see him going back to ESPN. That sounds right. Seems like seems like uh, six years managing, like all that time on the road and every all that work. I could see. All right, now I'm going to take an easy job for a little bit. Yeah, and he's 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 older. He's no spring chicken. And like the the you can see clearly the game of baseball is changing. Yes. And unfortunately for Buck, it's changing in a way that I don't think fully aligns with his philosophy or beliefs. And so I think it'd be harder and harder for him to get a job with some of these new age front offices. Right. Because he's not going, he's not going to be a yes man like Aaron Boone or Gabe Kapler. He's not just going to be a yes man for the the general manager right right and like you were saying we love bucks press conferences that's all perfect for television and there's more opportunities than ever to go and do tv uh, oh yeah it'd, it'd be awesome it'd be awesome yeah. TV. whether it's yeah. back to he ESPN, mlb network or any of these internet sites there's lots of stuff out the last there. time he, he was a television commentator mlb network probably wasn't even a thing yet. no i don't think so <laughs> what do you think about bringing him as our fourth host on section 236 um i don't think uh, we can afford him right I've, I've sent. I've sent. The <laughs> well, he works for free, <laughs> right? I, I, I will pay. I'll pay for a Buck Show Walter podcast. If it's Buck talking baseball oh once a gosh. week, I will How pay. I will pay that? weekly for that Patreon. Oh, I would too. I would pay for that. That's and I don't pay for any podcast. No, I don't I pay for that one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 
That'd be great. All right, let's let's get to the. Um, so uh, as far as Buckshot Ultra's legacy here, I I don't think even though it's a, the wor- worst loss season in the history of the Orioles, I really don't think Buck Showalter, it hurts his legacy that much. This no. most recent season. No. He'll be an Orioles Hall of Famer. Yeah, the Orioles. Not much more than that. They'll give it yeah. a few years, and then they'll try to bring him back for Orioles Hall of Fame, uh, Buck Showalter, T-shirt night, all that crap they bring the old people back for. Yeah, and I mean, and you, you you can't erase the 115 losses, and you can't erase um, the incident in Toronto. Like right. you can't erase those two things. Is that what we're referring it to as the incident in the Toronto? Incident. The incident in Toronto. You can't erase those things and and, and separate right. them from his legacy here. But I think the bigger story is he took over a franchise that was losing for 14 years. Yes, and led them out of the dark ages, and yep. we experienced winning and playoff baseball for the first time in a very long time. Yes. Took us to an American League Championship Series. What? What? Yeah, he 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 won he won us the American League East Division, mm-hmm. and so all all of that is is I think what Buck Showalter will remember more for um, than the most his most recent year. Sure. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to to Dan Duquette. This one came as a little bit of surprise, um, as you mentioned before. It came as a little bit of surprise because some people thought, okay, if this is the direction you were going to take, if you're going to start to rebuild. You should start the rebuild with a GM, a new GM, to bring in his own guys yes. when you start trading away these key players. And wasn't, yeah. wasn't this like the next day? Like it wasn't the same day that all the Buck Showalter news came out, right? Yeah, it was one I or think, two days later. I think it was two days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a little strange as well. Yeah, the the timing of it. But the Orioles, like notably, because I remember everyone was talking about Buck Showalter, but the Orioles did not release a statement that day. Right. That Buck Showalter, even though everyone was talking about it. And this is why, right? Because they still had more people to talk to, more people to, to let them know they weren't returning. Their contracts were not being renewed. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I was surprised. I, you guys were surprised. Uh, you guys' thoughts on the move of going away from Dan Duquette. I mean, he did a really good job with these trades. Uh, so it seems like the rebuild was heading the right direction. How do you guys feel about Dan Duquette being uh, shown the door? I mean, I you can't after 115 losses, you can't be surprised by anything. But I liked the, everything that Duquette did in July. Everything he said in July, I liked. I liked the stuff that he did with the team uh, in the previous couple off seasons. I'm happy. I was very happy with Duquette as a GM. So I I felt like it's everything he was saying in July sounded like all right. I'm unleashed. Here's what we're gonna do, and I liked all that, and all that sounded good. Uh, so I was surprised because I wanted I was fine with Duquette continuing. I wanted him to get an extension and continue. I was surprised, but I was fairly indifferent. I mean, it it they they're essentially cleaning house, and we're just going to be stuck with the guys like Davis and Trumbo uh, until they run out their contracts or bring in somebody that's actually going to do something about it. Uh, you know, if, if it means eating money or sending them to the miners or just doing something. I don't know. I, I'm for. I'm for if they're if we're gonna rebuild. I don't. I don't necessarily have a problem with Duquette not being a part of that. Put some fr- put some fresh hands on there. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree with both Josh and Bert. Like I'm okay with Dan Duquette, but if you want to bring someone new, I fully get it. But before I want to before I judge the Duquette firing or the or not contract renewing, um, I want to see who the Orioles bring in. Because I don't love Dan Duquette. And especially if you're a team that's trying to rebuild and you want someone to articulate a vision of the future, Dan Duquette can do a lot of things. He can't articulate anything. So I don't trust him to articulate a, a vision for the future of the Orioles, which I think we, we, that's what the Orioles need, someone to do that. At the same time, though, the Orioles have a history of hiring crappy managers and crappy general managers. Right. So I don't trust them... Um, like I don't want them to bring in another old retread. Um, I want them to bring in, um, you know, someone, but someone who is, who is. Uh, I see. I don't mean. I don't even know names. When it comes to general managers, right? You want someone who's an assistant or who's worked under these teams like the Dodgers and like the Astros and like the Cubs, uh, who've done it, or like the Indians or, or like the Brewers, who, who've done, who are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, or a guy like. Remember, the Orioles had a lot of guys at the front office working their way up that then when Andy McPhail left Andy McPhail pulled some of them over there 
Yeah. So there's guys interesting out there, like the guy. There's a guy that Andy McPhail pulled up, Ned Rice, who sure, was a guy yeah. who got a lot of talk as doing really good in the Orioles front office, and then he got pulled in. Um, yeah, I mean, so, but the problem with that is, and that's why you're not going to hear the Orioles making any moves until the playoffs are over. And you right. shouldn't. If you hear a move before the playoffs are over, that's a problem because you want to talk to the guys who are still playing baseball well, because they're the best teams in baseball. That's why the right? only the only rumors are in-house guys, yeah. are, are, are part of the family guys. Um, yeah, but it's not going to be an in-house guy. It I, won't. I, don't I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think it's Ripken uh, Brady combo for no, for GM. There's, no, there's zero chance of that happening. Um, but are you? I do have this concern. Everything that Duquette said in July about how the club is changing directions, we're focusing on analytics, we're focusing on training, we're focusing on the international market. Is that all crap? Was that just Duquette's plan and now that's not where the Orioles are going? Like, did they fire Duquette because we don't want to do all that? Well, at, well, that's why these this hiring is going to be such a crucial thing, right, to watch. Yes. Who do they hire? Because that will say a lot about the direction this organization is going. Is, is what general manager they hire. But at the same time, if you're a young, up-and-coming general manager working for the right. Houston Astros Why? as an assistant, I, I know you get to be the head man if you come to Camden Yards, but why would you want to come to Baltimore? You have an owner who's known for interfering with things like Chris Davis signings and Darren O'Day signings and Mark Trumbo signings. Don't you think it's the Angelos' boys? The John and Lou or whoever, it's their turn to start hiring these guys. It was Peter that signed the check to to get Duquette and Buck Showalter in, and sure. you know, all all signs are pointing towards Peter being less and less of uh, the guy pulling the trigger anymore, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think John and Lou, they got to make that argument, right? They got to say, hey, listen, we're not running this like we used to run it. Right. We will have complete control. We won't step on your toes. Uh, but but again, and this organization Orioles- has history. The uh, we have Craig Anderson too, who has interfered and had yes. certain GM roles. Sure. So you got to figure that out too. And so there's just a lot of, and even now, like Josh has pointed out in this podcast week after week, how uh, freaking Major League Baseball doesn't even know who's running the Orioles. Right. And right. so all take all that kind of man, that chaos and madness, and you want to come and leave the Astros and go to the Orioles? It's a tough sell, I feel like. Yeah. And now that I think that's why the Orioles in their little, hey, Duquette and Showalter are gone. They made it clear that the guy they hire for GM will have full control. Like even like in a in a statement about releasing the guys, they're trying to lay the groundwork saying, hey, the new guy's going to have full control because you never had that before in Baltimore. Yeah. Well, who we're hiring and even like who we interview uh, will say a lot about the direction we're going. He, do do uh, well, uh, so pay attention to not just who we hire, but who we're interviewing. Right, he or she will have full control. I want to get somebody in okay. here who's young, scrappy, and hungry, and not going to throw away their shot. You want Alexander Hamilton to come <laughs> be our general manager? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, and, and, and this is how you do it, right? You first hire a general manager, and have that guy bring in his manager. I don't want this conflict general manager, manager, like we saw right. this past. Um, then, then you work with the manager to bring in coaches that are decent because I don't think Showalter brought in great coaches. So that's something like, like McDowell and uh, guys are going to be gone. I don't know what it means for uh, club guys like Alan Mills. Yeah, you're and, Wayne Kirby. Wayne Kirby. Yeah. Right, the guys who were here pre-Buck. I don't know. Yeah, um, but I, I'm curious to see the direction we go because the way baseball is going, if we're smart, like, oh, if we, I don't know, smart, I don't know if it's smart or not, but the way baseball is going with these teams now is you hire a general manager and then you hire a manager to just do what the general manager tells you. Like the general manager makes up the lineup and, and tells you when to pitch certain guys and when to pull certain guys. And the general manager just, I mean, the manager just becomes some guy who, who reads all all the the briefings that the general manager provides for you and kind of and, uh, follows the general manager's lead and even the general manager the game. And the general manager's lead is just a computer printout. It's all right. analytics based. Yeah, we've right. we've all seen Moneyball. We know how it goes. So right. Why not just a computer coach? <laughs> <laughs> Could revolutionize uh, the game. What's that yeah, uh, I would like to hear Buck Showalter's response. Yeah, what what's that computer that like won at Jeopardy? Um Watson, Watson, Watson. Let's let's bring in Watson uh, for an interview. 
Yeah, that's no, not a terrible idea. I'm surprised the Astros haven't already done, done it uh, so far. Well, Speaking of which, computers Josh, aren't allowed in the clubhouse, so it makes it a little tricky. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll have to be. He'll have to be dressed up like a man or something, right? Or <laughs> yeah. a woman. Yes, or sure. a woman. He or she. The Orioles made it clear. Let's let's bring in a female manager. Yeah. Why not? Time's Literally, up. why not? <laughs> it can't get worse. Um, not that it would be worse. It might <laughs> be better. Going with that, that is so like sexist, man. Right. I know. I'm sorry I said that. It could this be is 2018. That's right. Anyone can manage. Um, I watched, can I say something? I watched Thursday Night Football yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. I watched the entire thing on Amazon with, oh, with um, the female uh, sportscasters. With, yeah, with uh, Kramer and, and is it um, – it's not Stormy Daniels. That's what I was to say. No, it's um, Kramer. <laughs> and isn't it something like that? Those storm. I don't know. Whatever. But I watched the entire with two female uh, uh, broadcasters, and the, and it was it was really good. Wait, it was it, only on Yahoo. It was like, on Amazon. On Amazon, like, but if you watched it on TV, you didn't get those broadcasters. Well, I, I don't know. On Amazon, you had the option to choose. Really? Like, you could choose which broadcasters you wanted. And wow. I chose I chose the two women. Why, I wonder why they didn't just like. Why wouldn't you give the guys off a night? Like, were you afraid they're going to screw it up? We better I, think have they're trying to, I think they're trying to ease people into it. It's a bit of a shift for, for some of these football fans, trying to ease them into it. So first make it optional. Uh, Andrea Kramer and Hannah Storm. Yeah, see, I told you there's Storm in there. <laughs> right. You got it. Uh, how, um, how, was, how was the broadcast? I, know, so I thought it was good. It was, uh, it was, it was good. A lot, a lot of storytelling, uh, which, which I think was, was entertaining. Good. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Um, it's fun. I've are you guys watching a lot of this uh, playoff baseball? I'm catching the highlights every morning, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm not watching it. Uh, I turn it on during different times, catching a little bit here and there. I was really, I'm a little bit. I love. Yeah, go ahead. I loved game 163 and the wild card. I love oh, yeah. the concept of one game calls it all. Yeah, I've been watching it. I've been. I watched every National League game. I've been watching a ton of it. Um, though the National League two series, they were just. The Brewers, I like the Brewers because they remind me of the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You guys see game three was started like the closeout game. You see it was Wade Miley. Wade, Wade freaking Miley. And, yep. and Scope was on the bench. Yep. Yeah, and Scope's been riding the pine. He only plays against lefties. Yep. Um, all the Orioles pretty much. I know Manny Machado is having a good night tonight. I just He has a double and a home run. Um, but he's still battling 150 right. for the series. Didn't Gosman get Orioles, a win? What's that? Didn't Gosman get a win? Uh, no, he gave up a couple runs in his okay. own appearance. All right. And then Brock just gave up a big hit in this game. I saw Manny Machado had an error at a key point. Um, it's really been as Scope hasn't even been playing. Uh, our Orioles just aren't representing well on the big stage. Um, outside of Manny a little bit with the power. I think he has three hits, two home runs and a double hmm. in the series. Well, if you're only going to get three hits, those are some pretty good ones. It's true. And one of them was a three-run jack. So, um, there you go. Yeah. It, yeah, and there was a fun moment where uh, Manny Machado went against Kevin Gossman. That was fun. Saw that. Yeah. Uh, so I've been I've been kind of enjoying the baseball playoffs, but I feel like they're not even competitive. I mean, Dodgers are so much better than the Braves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brewers were, you know, just better than the Rockies. Um, and in the American League, Detroit was so much better than the Indians. And uh, the only really entertaining series is a series I don't really want to watch, and that's the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. One of them is going to win. Of course, one of them is going to lose. Though they both have their issues, which I'm enjoying. Like Boston's bullpen's terrible, and their starting pitching is questionable, and so is the Yankees' pitching is questionable too. So right. I, I like that they got to play each other early. Like I don't, yes. want, I don't want the winner of that game goes to the World Series. Yes, that's true. So I, we could already start rooting for uh, the Astros. So we hope. I just hope it goes five games. People get worn out while the Astros get the rest. And we, yes, I'm, I'm rooting for an Astros, and I don't know who I want from the National League. I, 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 I kind of like the Brewers with Jonathan Scope and, and Josh Hader, but every time I look at Josh Hader, I just get pissed off because I remember he used to be an Oriole, and that kind of makes me mad. Like, yeah, but we would have ruined him anyway. I know. I like, I like Colorado. Been, he wouldn't have been as good as he is staying with the Orioles. Yeah. Well, Colorado's already out. So oh, did they, oh, that's right. They did get knocked out. They're done, though. So, who's, so, who, so who, who are the Brewers playing? They just swept they, Colorado. They just oh, yeah, they swept Colorado. Colorado. So they won that. All They'll right. probably play the Dodgers. Yeah. All right. Because the Dodgers so are going to win tonight. Right. For the Do- so, yeah. The Do- and I don't want the Dodgers. So, yeah, it's probably Milwaukee. But you know what I like about the Dodgers is they're, like, old school. They actually have starting pitchers who pitch more than two innings. And I like starting pitchers. Call me old school. Mm-hmm. But 
they actually have some starting pitchers who pitch more than two innings, unlike the Brewers. Right. Sure. No. Anyway, that's enough baseball stuff. But uh, they. Oh, but speaking of which, another team that's in there and a guy who struggled too is uh, Zach Britton. Um, and there was recently a, a little blurb about him in Fangraphs. Yeah. Josh, do, do you have that comment from from Probably, Zach Britton? Yeah, Zach Britton's quote. Yeah, I can yeah. I can pull it up right here. Um, it was he was talking about the differences between Baltimore and New York, and he said, uh, "Let's see." Zach Britton experienced a sea change of data use when he changed teams in July. As the Yankees reliever put it, when I talked to him prior to last night's ALDS game two, there's a gigantic difference in how we use analytics here compared to Baltimore. As you might might guess, it's to, the difference is to the lefties' likens. I'd, I've never been exposed to that amount of information, said Britton, who was drafted by the Orioles in 2006. And it's not just, here's a stack of stuff to look over. It's targeted to each individual player. I don't want to get into specifics, but somehow some of it is how my ball moves, both my sinker and slider, compared to different hitters' swings. It kind of opens your eyes to things that maybe you didn't think of when you didn't have the information. I Are you shocked that, that there's that much of a difference in, in what the Yankees have and what the Orioles have? No. Forget if the Orioles are using it or not. The fact that Zach Britton's like, I've never even seen these stats. I didn't know these stats existed. Did you see who our pitching coach was this year? Yeah, McGregor. <laughs> but still. McDowell. This, oh, yeah, McDowell. it was McDowell. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with the pitching coach. Like, the Orioles should have people that pro- provide these inf- this Don't stuff. you think that's the pitching coach providing that no. stuff? No. No, it's, it's, it's some nerds in a basement on computers. Who give it to the pitching coach. There's no nerd in a basement who's sitting down with Zach Britton. The pitching coach will sit down with Zach no, Britton. No, they, they can just email it to Zach Britton. Zach Britton doesn't have to How do to- you know that? Because this is how the world works. Nerds in the basement a, e- have Zach Britton's email address. Say, hey, let me just email Zach Britton this does stuff. Does he have a team email address or does it go to his personal email? No, uh, do you think he has a, 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 Does he have a, Gmail? Do you think that, email? Do you think that team the, employees need to go through the pitching coach? I think that the nerds in the basement who do the stats no. work do not have direct contact with the players. I think I think the nerds in the basement flag everything for Zach Britton, and Zach Britton just grabs his iPad, and, and no, it's all it's magically Chain there. of command. They give it to their boss, who gives it no. to their boss, who gives it to the players. It Those goes, guys don't talk to the players? I know they don't. They they go through the video, they flag the Zach Britton stuff, and then it magically shows up on the iPad. And then they give it to Zach Britton's coaches. No, it shows up on the iPad. I mean, you see, they just they don't need to talk to people. It's all computers. But those guys don't have direct access with the players. Those guys make millions and millions of dollars. They're not going to talk to the nerds in the basement. They they should, but no, they don't talk to the nerds. The nerds just check off. These are Zach Britton clips. These are uh, whoever Sabathia clips. These are Judge clips. Right. And then they magically go into the computer. So do you think they get they get to directly send that to no. the players without the coach looking at it first? No, I think they check all that off, and everyone's got their little iPad app. And when Zach Britton opens up his iPad app, he can look at everyone's crap, or he can just look at Zach Britton's stuff. Right. And so the pitching coach is going through everyone's stuff. I think that's how it works. <laughs> Am I crazy? A little bit. No. No, none of us know. Yeah, and I got the best theory. <laughs> there's no Wait. way, there's no, there's no, here, let me tell the pitching coach, and then the pitching coach tells, there's no telephone game. It'll get completely mixed up and confused. But there's a chain of command. There's no way... The, the, nerds, the nerd statisticians have direct contact with the players. No, the nerds talk to the computers. The computers just put it all on the server, and then the iPad is the thing. The nerds don't talk to them. Then who's the nerd's boss? The the head nerd. No, but then who who approves what the nerds are doing before it gets into the hands of the players? Someone in the someone in the front office, not the pitching coach. But if if the nerds are screwing up, the nerds don't get fired. The coaches get fired. So don't you think you the coaches care about what's getting put into their players' yeah. hands? Well, yeah, I think the coaches are using that nerd data more than anyone. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. It goes to the coaches first. I don't know if it goes first, but I'm saying, I'm saying, the Yankees have more nerds than we have. <laughs> That's that's true. We're a yeah, small market I, team. Yeah, I, I think you guys are kind of both right, right? Like, I'm sure what happens is is there's a department of baseball analytics, and they come up with uh, just a spreadsheet full of way too much information that no one person can kind of 
hold in their head at once. And then they take that and, and a manager, a pitching coach chooses how much information to let his players know, right? Because certainly not because you're going to give them uh, jump like a, a five pound binder on his lap and say, "Here's all the information we've ever had about you." I'm telling you, pick and choose what data. And and them. and this shouldn't come as a surprise. Baseball players, not the brightest guys in the world. <laughs> they they might I'm, need a coach to help interpret some things to them. Have you guys ever seen programs yeah. like this? I'm telling you, they got programs like this. So Zach Britton can grab his iPad and say, "Let me see that third pitch I threw to Marcakis." Uh huh. And, sure. and it just pulls it up. Sure. Okay. Right, but here's the other There's shocker. No binders. And here's photos. another it's, shocker. It's not a flip book. That the analytics. Well, okay, not a binder, but but uh, but an Excel spreadsheet with a thousand files on it, right? Like no. you you're not going to give Zach Britton, or you're not going to give any player every single bit of information you've ever accumulated um, on this I, on this guy. I think if Zach Britton wants it, it's available to him and it's there. But I think that the pitching coach in preparation for that game has gone in and flagged some stuff and made some notes on videos and highlighted some stuff for sure. Zach Britton to watch on the airplane. Yes. Sure. And it shouldn't come as a surprise that the nerds and analytics in New York are better than the nerds and analytics in Baltimore or uh, uh, San Diego or any of these other small market teams. New York is the biggest and best city in the country. They're going to have the best of the best in New York. Yes, except Zach Britton said he's seen things that he's never heard of before. Yeah. Like that. That should not be possible. The Orioles should have guys that know how to use the same technology as the guys in New York. I don't know if that's true. I mean, because – and he went on. If you read the article, it went on to talk about – he said um, uh, how all the playoff teams are – that's not a coincidence that all the playoff teams lean heavily on the sabermetric stats. Specifically, he mentioned especially the Detroit uh, – I always say Detroit. The Houston Astros have leaned heavily on these uh, – sabermetric stats, which is not a coincidence. Right. And I, I do think it's not – I think it's a matter of human beings, right? I bet – I don't know the size of the department for the Yankees, but I bet they have about, I don't know, 10 to 20 guys who do that. Yes. And I bet we have like two or three, right? Yeah, and, I and agree. So, uh, I bet their department is probably five times the size of our department. And so, yeah, you could probably get uh, – accumulate and like – because you can't just gather data. you got to put it away – that you can present it to players too, and all that takes manpower and time, and um, uh, and the Yankees probably have a lot more money to pay those guys, and a lot more of those guys than the Orioles have. Yes, and that's something because the Orioles have not invested in that, and this is what we were told the Orioles would shift. And when we talk about putting more money in our analytics department, this is what we're talking about. Right. I just think it's. I could see more data from the Yankees. I just think it's crazy for him to say, like, I've never seen stuff like this before. But can I make one simple point? Since Zach Britton has been the Yankees, he has not pitched very well. No. Uh, he gave up a couple runs in the wild card game. Like, fine, you have all that, all those stats, Zach Britton. How come you're not getting everybody out now? <laughs> well, right, I agree. And I think, that it's, I think that a larger nerd stat would give you more data on your opposing teams and opposing players. But for him to say, hey, they're showing me videos of how my ball spins and spin rate data, that's stuff that any team should have on their own players. But doesn't that sound like it'd be dangerous? Like for me, like if you're a pitcher and all of a sudden you're thinking about spin rate when you're going up to pitch. Well, you know what it is. Okay, I got to increase my spin. I I would think that that could have a negative effect on a player. I agree. I think it's something you don't introduce a pitcher to this data in October. I think I think for Zach Britton, he got a hold of this data a little too late in the season, where maybe this is stuff that he needs to work on in the off season and know how to use this this data. That now Britton's thinking too much; he doesn't doesn't know what he's saying. Well, well, that's what the Astros and people have said. This is why um, everyone goes to the Astros and is all of a sudden becomes a Cy Young because they have it's all about spin rate with those guys. Like right. somehow they're able to go to Houston and like double their spin rate on every ball they throw. Which I don't know exactly what that even means. I guess it means your curveball curves a little bit more, and your fastball right, moves it's, it's a little something more. about your release. Yeah, but but this is why because the Astros said, "Hey, oh look, spin rates, increased spin rates equal more strikeouts. So right. how can we get our players doing this?" Uh, and and that's one of the theories remember, why everyone who goes to Houston becomes a Cy Young pitcher. Yeah, remember the Oriole nerds tried to help out Mark Trumbo. Was it this season or last season? I think it was, was last year. Ago, yeah. And Mark yeah. Trumbo freaked out and said it was too much in his head and too much launch angle he was thinking, and yeah. it wasn't working. Sabermetrics have ruined baseball. <laughs> do, you 
think do you think Bob Gibson cared about spin rate? Do you think yeah. Ty Cobb cared about fly ball ratio or whatever you just said? Woozle wuzzle? I mean in some ways in some ways sabermetrics did because you're forced to do sabermetrics to keep up with the other guys. Yeah. But if no one was allowed to do sabermetrics and you had to go off memory and and how you re- remember what this guy looked like last time and yeah. the, the pitch that he got you past you last time, it is a different generation of baseball now than we used to have because of analytics and sabermetrics. Give me batting average, RBIs, and home runs and hits. I'm good to go. <laughs> I think because of sabermetrics, you'll no longer have the the just big scary guy at the plate as much. You've got Aaron Judge now, I guess a little bit of that, but I don't know if you have would have like a, a Mark McGuire's and guys like that right in, in today's game. Well, we see the going away of people like Pedro Alvarez, right? Like that's one example of a guy like yeah. that who's now having a hard time finding a job because um, because I'm guessing that analytics Chris Carter, and sabermetrics. Like Led the National League in home runs two years ago and he couldn't find a job. Right, because because you you stick that batter. I mean, analytics I think does more helps the pitcher more because the pitcher can scan all that and say, okay, this guy has swings on this stupid pitch all the time and always misses. I'll just throw this one. Yeah, but that's not even analytics. Analytics is, is to the point where I was I was listening to some guy talk about the Yankees trading for for one of their players in the minors. Right, and and the reason that they traded for him is not his batting average, not his on-base percentage, none of that. They, they looked at what kind of contact he was making with the barrel of the bat. And they saw that he barreled up a certain number of, a certain percentage of balls were hit on the, right on the barrel right, of the, the contact, bat. Right. right. But not even contact, like where, oh. like the portion like the of the sweet, bat the that sweet spot. contact. And not like exit velocity, it wasn't even that. It was, yeah, the sweet spot. How many balls were coming off of that sweet right. spot? So then they progressed, the all right, he's going to strengthen and still had the same skill yeah and so that was one of the factors that led to making that trade um or the guy for the the guy the this 38 i forget his name the 38 year old catcher for the monkey brewers who uh was a minor league catcher who the brewers traded for at 38 years old because they looked at all his in the minors not even majors in the minors his pitch framing stats they wow. said oh this guy could frame pitches we're gonna we're gonna trade for him yeah no i mean it's definitely um it's it's definitely more data. Data. It's big data baseball, right? And 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 which is which is fine, but it's not a coincidence that the best team in baseball also are the most influenced by sabermetrics. And you're yes. right, Bert. It's dumb, and it's I think it's bad for baseball too. But if you can't beat them, you got to join them. And the Orioles need to beef up that sabermetric department. Well, at what point? It's almost like you find a, a it's almost like a loophole because. All right, I can only have 26 men on my roster, but there's no limit to the amount of nerds I can have in the basement. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, at what point does baseball need to limit to you can only sign 10 computer nerds? Yeah, I mean, we saw a similar thing with like international signing, right? And and they're trying to get that under control, but right. this all this uh, this pool money because this is how all the big market teams end up getting all the big free agents. And now it's a little yes. bit better with this with this, this market pool. But you're right. Like the te- Yankees, these teams have uh, Dodgers. It's not just that they can pay, have a larger salary for their players, a payroll salary. It's also they can pay not just more guys, but they can pay to have the best guys because they can pay their guy two hundred thousand dollars, where the Orioles is paying their guy fifty thousand dollars. That's why I was having such a hard time coaching the Dime- Diamondbacks T-ball team. <laughs> Because I told I told those little boys, I said, look, you guys can have all the RBIs in the world, but if your launch angle sucks, I don't want you on this team. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, sorry. No launch angle, no T-ball. You know, you, you, laugh, <laughs> you laugh about T-ball, but I guarantee by uh, middle school, they're doing analytics like that on kids nowadays. Yeah, it kind of sucks. It does. Yeah, a little bit. It's a bit of a turnoff. Yeah, that's all right. We're just three old men on our, on our lawns yelling, that's get right. off. Hit a home run. Stop striking out. Yeah. Um, you want to get to some Ravens talk? Well, the the one last thing with the Orioles is Victor Victor. Oh, yeah. International sign or international scout day. Right. So he, he did, did his. Did you enjoy his Snapchat pics of him in his Miami jersey? Yeah. No. I, He's got his mind made up. I mean, aren't we all. That's what I was going to say. It looks like he's just going to sign with the Marlins, right? And, and his brother and we, his best buddy. Right, right. We've got the we got the most money. But if you're a Cuban player, why would you not want to play in Miami? Of course, 
And they're rebuilding too. Right, they're rebuilding. They've got money for them. You've got all the Cuban neighborhoods there. You've got the the language. You know what? The, I think the only way the Orioles can get Victor Victor is they'd have they got to jump on this quick. You got to sign a a Cuban uh, pitch Cuban manager. You got you got to you got to give him a reason to say this is a good spot for a, a Cuban player to go. Uh, you, do you know who has the house? I think it's in Puerto Rico and speaks fluent Spanish. Ryan Flaherty, Nate McLeod, Bobby. Oh, Nate McLeod, yeah, but Bobby Dickerson. Bobby Dickerson. Yeah, I heard that. Then I then uh, I hope that Bobby Dickerson was down in Miami this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in fairness, Josh, I give you a couple million dollars, a couple million reasons yes. why yes. Baltimore's better. I mean, you can hire if you want to bring up, you know, two hundred Cubans. With a couple million bucks, you could probably get that done to live in Baltimore. People, right? or, people or cigars. Either way, like I, I mean, I think like money is a significant. Like two no. million. I mean, it's not like a thousand dollars. Not two million dollars or whatever it is. Two million dollars more than the Marlins. Hold on, two million dollars is not that significant. And guess what? When I talking, mean, when you're talking about six million versus four million, I feel like that's a significant. Not difference. when you're not when you're talking to zero or four million or six million. I'm used to zero. One million okay. is fine. Okay, if two million is nothing to you, Josh, fine, be that way. If I had a job offer for four million right here, or, yeah. s- or six million to move uh, across the country, I'll just take the four million and stay where my family no, is. You wouldn't. No, no, you, you wouldn't. Or you're insane. Why, you're would, why, why would you care about two extra million if you're already getting four million? It's two million dollars. Two million dollars. You kidding me? You oh, could have you could have a house here and a house there. I can have a house here and there for four million dollars. Wow, I can't believe that. Oh my God! He must really cherish our friendship if he would be willing to turn down an additional two million dollars just to stay in Arnold. <laughs> I'm telling you, Arnold's not that nice. I think, I, I think there's, I think if I have am not used to that type of money, four million is just as good as six million. Okay, I would move across the country for an additional two. Why not? I would move anywhere in the world for additional two million dollars. Hey, uh, the other thing: no state income tax in Florida if he signs with the Marlins. Just saying. Maryland. All right, see, ski income tax. See now that four and six billions looking about uh, about fifty million difference. No, that's fake news over there because you have to pay income tax every time you play in another uh, state. That's true. That's it's true. true. But where is he going to play most of his games? You get you get eighty one games. Not 80, most half. Eighty one games at home. Yeah. I mean, he that's, can still keep the house in Miami. Though it did concern me when he I saw a Snapchat. At least someone took a picture of a Snapchat and put it on Twitter because I don't have Snapchat. But someone, uh, when I saw his Snapchat, had a uh, him wearing a Miami jersey. But I guess because the showcase it was in Miami, all the players just wore these Miami Marlins jerseys. I guess that that was. <laughs> I don't know. How do we host a, uh, yeah, a showcase? That's a thing. How did Miami yeah, get to host un- it? Unfair advantage. I mean, when you're the host, you get to treat them to like take them out and do all this. Yeah, um, but I hope we had like you need. And this is a little disconcerting because we don't have anyone running the team. Because what you need is you need a you need a freaking presentation, right? You need to woo him, right? You just can't like offer him. You have to woo him. Mm-hmm. You have to show him um, all the wonderful places there are in Baltimore to visit. You have to show right. him the, the, how in the Bowie Bay Sox he can be another outfielder and our, the other our, our right fielders Cuban as well. Yeah, you got right you got to show him the nerds you, in the basement. Make sure yeah, you don't the in the basement. don't have the Ravens backup practice squad punter show him around town. That's Why a bad. That? That's a bad idea. You remember wow, what happened wow. to him? He went to shock trauma. Remember? They found him beat yeah. up in the middle of the street at three a.m. What? That, that was like a month ago. Like a you month. don't remember that? That was during I preseason. Missed that, completely. that was like after like week four of preseason. What was his name? I can't remember. The uh, uh, Norwegian guy. Yeah, it was Norwegian. Got oh all his teeth gosh. knocked out. Was nearly beat to death. I hope. He, I hope that Victor Victor doesn't read that story. That's yeah. not going to encourage him to come to Baltimore. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Don't let that guy give him a Car- tour of Baltimore. Car Vedvik. Vedvik. That's it. Yeah. Who would you want giving Victor Victor a tour of Baltimore? I would. Nobody want... on the current team. What about Michael Phelps? Sure. Uh, Ray Lewis. I want, I want Ray, <laughs> Ray Lewis. Lewis. I want Ray Lewis. Oh man. I, but again, it's no. Who I, would be the best Baltimore ambassador right now well, to and, a, a Cuban-born young baseball player? Oh yeah, a Cuban. Right. You got not Michael him. Phelps. No, not Michael Phelps. His ears are too big. Um, he's about know. he's about as white as they come. <laughs> Michael Phelps. Uh, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's it's. Omar, I don't know. It's a tough story. Did you say Omar? <laughs> Omar Little. 
Uh, where's where's Villar from? How irritated do you think Villar is watching the Brewers play from home? Yeah, he's st- he's still getting paid. I guess so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And are you surprised that Victor Victor's not signed yet? Yeah, because uh, postseason's still going on. Yeah, I guess that's good news for us, though, right? Like, at least he didn't sign with Miami yet. That's that's true. He was in Miami. He could have just signed and made his announcement right there. Yeah, so it's good. I guess that he's waiting. No news is good news. I guess I don't know. I, I'd be disappointed. I'd be honest. I'd be disappointed if we don't get him. I'd be very disappointed. I will be too, but I don't think I'd be surprised. Same. I would be a little same surprised. as Josh. I won't be surprised. Really? Yeah. I I I think uh, you know you brought up all the Miami points and uh, and the fact that there's nobody really running the show for the Orioles right now. Um, you know, missed opportunity, and about- and and the they traded away for all this international signing money, and somehow they're just gonna be the Orioles and flub it up somehow. You know, it's the Oriole way. I mean, yeah, right. you're right. I know, I know, you're right, Bert. You're right. Who was the, the who was the Cuban player that we already drafted? I don't think he's with the organization anymore. We already drafted. You mean we signed? We signed him. Oh, yeah, we signed him and brought oh, him in. Uh, Henry Arudia. Henry, Henry Arudia. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Uh, he didn't really last, so there's not uh, – but this guy is supposed to be a whole lot better. Well, I would hope so. so when, if everybody's peeing their pants about him, he's exactly. not Henry Arudia. I'm looking up uh, famous people from Baltimore. What about Mel Kuyper Jr. to do the, the tour? Calvert Hall work? alumni. No. <laughs> now, you would need a Cuban person from Baltimore. Josh Charles. Right, yeah, jo- no, it's hard to find. Um, the, are you watching the new season of Survivor? There's a real nerdy guy, and he's from Baltimore. Let's get him. Yeah, that guy's that guy's a really weird guy. <laughs> he's Baltimore guy. I hope he wins. Hometown hero, win Survivor. Um, I didn't. I did not know Survivor. That's like when I saw David Freeze is still a baseball player. <laughs> the Survivor still show. I, yeah. I can't believe Survivor. Still I think a it's show. on like the 37th season, something right. like that. Something like that. Well, uh, well that, we, we just brought back Eddie good. Eddie Murray and Brooks Robinson as Orioles ambassadors, right? Send them down there to talk to them. Or to what me. about Pat Sajak? Pat Sajak, all for it. How about Mike Rowe? I think Mike Rowe would be a good one. My parents are next-door neighbors with Mike Rowe's parents. Yeah, I feel like Mike Rowe could get anyone to do anything. That's probably true. So he might be – I bet he could convince someone. You, got, you could be like, uh, come play for the Orioles. It's a dirty job. Yeah. And he would do it too, though. There's nothing real dirty about being a baseball player. I feel like, unless you slide into a base here or there. That's true. Or like a dirty slide <laughs> in the second. So how how about the Browns? If you're sliding into third and you think you made a turd. <laughs> yeah. So tough game for the Ravens on Sunday. Eesh. Embarrassing. Um, it's an embarrassment. I'd have rather tied them and been like the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it, it, but the Browns are better this year, right? So is it less of an embarrassment? The the Browns Browns I don't know. I mean, everyone everyone's making fun of the Steelers a couple weeks ago. Oh, you can't even beat the Browns. Tying the Browns, that's embarrassing. Well, Guess what? At least we didn't lo- they didn't lose to the Browns like we did. Well, the difference is that was week one, so we didn't see the Browns, Browns yet. That was Tyrod Taylor. I think it's embarrassing that the, that the Ravens could not score whatever, 12 points. Yeah. I think the fact no that, touchdowns. They, that they couldn't get a touchdown is a complete embarrassment. Based on how this team went, I think the fact that I think our defense did okay, and our defense for the amount they were out there on the field uh, to still hold that, only give up a touchdown in the like the second half quarter or something. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with our defense, but it is it's a different Browns team. If you look at their whole schedule, even going into this game, everyone was saying, oh, they could easily have been three and zero or four and zero, whatever it is, uh, which is true. And I think beating a team like the Ravens now gives the Browns some more uh, legit- legitimacy. Uh, Crabtree was saying it was all his fault because clearly he was a big part of that loss, dropping that ball in the end zone. He dropped hey, a bunch of balls. That one too, yeah. He dropped yeah, a bunch one. of balls, but a big yeah. one in his end zone that you or I could have caught. Uh, I don't know. Coming off the week where we beat the Steelers and all of a sudden getting a little bit of uh, national attention that the Ravens might be the team to beat in the AFC right. or one of the teams to beat in the AFC, and then you drop that turd against the Browns. You know, I, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I think I was, You can't lose. Has a team ever lost to the Browns and gone to the Super Bowl ever? 
I think I was I think I was more mad at myself for not betting against the Ravens on Sunday. We should have all seen this coming. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this that we didn't think it was a slam dunk win. We all talked about it was going to be a close game. Listen, I, 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 I'm the opposite of Burt. I think this is a, a non-story. Agreed. Um, it's an away game in the division. We played like crap in every aspect. Our, we can't block for, for, for Tucker. Our offense uh, sucked. Um, our defense gave up a couple big third down plays, third down and 20 or whatever it was. We're calling our ridiculous play calling, plays. Our play calling, why we do not use Alex Collins more, blows my freaking mind, especially in the red zone. So I feel like we literally played the worst we could in every aspect of the game, and we lost by three points. Right. That goal line um, interception, that play should have never been called. You just keep running the ball right there. Yeah. I don't care how – and I don't care how you're playing in week five. Um, the only way this has really hurt us is if we miss the playoffs by one game, which is very possible. But, I mean, who cares how you're playing in week five? We see good teams lose all the time. I mean, we saw the Patriots start off 0-2 or 0-3, whatever it was. Right. And so I think it's, 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 it's a non-story. The Ravens are still good. They had a bad week where they played like crap in an away division game. It sucks it's the Browns and the Browns suck. But I, I don't think it's a big story. I think, who cares? It's week five. Right. Like, Ask me how they're playing in week, in week 10 and week 11. And, and the, other, the other positive uh, spin is we're, we're done with – it's week five and we're done with our division road games. We already went to the Steelers, went to the Bengals, went to the Browns. And only won yeah. one of them. So we're, we're still on pace to be 10 and 6. We got a bunch of home games. <laughs> on yeah. pace for 10 and 6. Woo-hoo. Uh, Bert, would you like to see them uh, start Lamar Jackson? No. I, I, I don't think he makes a difference at this he, point. People were definitely calling for Lamar Jackson today. And I don't know what those people have been watching because Lamar Jackson goes out in that field and nothing happens. But you knew it was going to happen, Josh. You knew Joe Flacco yeah. was going to be awesome, have one bad game, and people are causing are calling. Uh... But, but are you blaming Joe Flacco on that game yesterday? I've never seen so many dropped balls that should be caught. I, yeah. Th- I mean, I, like I said, the only way you lose to the Browns is if you suck in yeah. all aspects of the game. And they did. I, your dad just commented in the chat room. You lose a chance of a home field of home field playoff games. You play to win the game, and I cannot, playoffs. I can't, I cannot agree more. It's week five. I don't care. I, no, but okay. Say say we go on and and uh, win the AFC North. You're at at best a, a three or four seed, and then you're still having to go on the road. I'm tired of you have to be a one or two seed. Otherwise, I, I want some home playoff games, man. I'm tired of this bull crap. And you're not going to get, you're not going to make the playoffs if you lose to the Browns. You're certainly not going to get a home playoff game if you lose to the Browns. I don't care. The Browns are the Browns. They're still starting a rookie quarterback who the Ravens could not beat. Yes, uh, yesterday. And and I'll watch. I'll watch the game. Uh, I'll watch a little bit on Sunday. The, the I, I don't have high hopes to beat the Titans. That's for sure. The Ravens are three and two. Yeah, that's you know, <laughs> it's all right, terrible. On. You're laughing. Do you know how many teams are ahead of them at four and one in the NFL? I know the Chiefs are five and zero. Oh. Yeah, Chiefs and Rams are five and zero. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how it works on on in the AFC? The the Chiefs and the Bengals. Bengals are four and one, right? Yeah, the Chiefs are five and zero. Oh. So we're so we're no, number. They're in, oh yeah, the Chiefs are five and zero. Oh. Bengals yeah. are four and one. Yes, those are the two ahead of us. Yes. The, yes. the Patriots are three and two. Dolphins are three and two. Right. The Steelers are two two one. The Titans are three and two. The Jaguars are three and two. Right. So right now three and two is not a bad spot to be as long as you build on all those home games coming up. Still, but I think. But Bert's point is twelve points in Cleveland. If, if you lose to the Browns, you're the worst of all those three and two teams you named. You're the worst because you lose to the Austin Browns. Yes. You cannot Which lose I, to the Browns. I'm sorry. Hey, everyone's allowed to have a stinker, though, Bert, right? Does it really matter if you lose to the Browns or you lose to – if it's still a loss in your, in your record book. I mean, it's something where you – in the past we've looked and said, oh, it's the Browns, it's an easy win, let's check that off. Okay, but it wasn't but, like 21 to 17. It was 12 to 9. Oh, no, it was crap. It wasn't good. It was, it was unwatchable saying, Ravens football. I'm not, not going to dump on the team now. Like, I think if I take – all of five games and put them together, it's not like this drags your average down so far. Uh, it certainly sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it's not. You're not going to say 
You're not. I, you're no longer looking at the Ravens and saying this team might be unbeatable. I've forgotten all about beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh last week based on what I saw yesterday. That that memory's over. Not not that that was that pretty of a game either. It was a for win. The, except for the, the prettiest thing about it was the W at the end. If 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 we'd have kicked a field goal in overtime, I wouldn't have been happy about it. But I would have been happy because we had a W at the end. Yeah, but if we lost to the Steelers and then beat the the Browns, we're in the exact same place. The sa- exact same record. Right, same but, record, but, and you would feel better? You'd maybe, feel better if we lost to the Steelers but beat the Browns? Maybe if we lost 21-17 to 17 or something, but 12 points against the Browns? Oh, That's unacceptable. Of course. That's not good. That's garbage football. I, th- I think a lot of And the of Ravens people, should be better than that. I think a lot of people are trying to write the Browns off, even though the Browns are a lot better team this year. They're still not going to the playoffs. They, they, their They're, record, our record in the end of the year is still going to be better than theirs. I hope so. He's yeah. just a rookie quarterback. They're not that good. Who, who, who did the Browns have to play? The, the I don't rest? know. It doesn't matter. They, they didn't win any games at all last year. They're all of a sudden they're going to make be a playoff team this year. I don't think so. Yeah, and if you look ahead at our schedule and how we have the Saints coming up, uh, I mean next week we have the Titans. Sorry, Bert, but but they're terrible. We'll beat them by twenty touchdowns. Well, then I'll be back in. Yeah, um, but but then we, after that, we, I mean, we play the Saints, we play the Panthers, we still have to play the Bengals and Steelers again. We got the we Chiefs play, coming up. We play, we play the Chiefs, and so uh, we are certainly, if if hopefully that Browns thing was was just uh, an aberration, and, and we won't and we won't play like that again, um, because there's a lot of tougher games than the Browns on our schedule. Coming, that you coming. better believe it. All right, I I think that those tougher I care more about how this team performs against the tougher teams i think every year it's typical ravens that there's one game in the schedule that they completely sleep past and get surprised i think it happens every year to the ravens so i care way more about getting them hyped up and how they play against uh the rest of the division the home games and these big games with the chiefs and stuff play oh, better and, teams. and late in the season right like you want to play yeah. well late in the season yeah get get this out of the way move on our last game of the season is a is a rematch against get your, your Browns. Right, get Crabtree some gloves. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with Crabtree. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's he said amazing. he's going back to the lab. Right, which means right. What new new hand surgery? <laughs> that sounds like a disaster when it, when it's someone who catches a football has to go back to the drawing board and start thinking about how to catch a football. Flacco and has it sounds like trouble. Flacco has. Uh, there are 16 plays this season that, that analytics or whatever have flagged as drop passes that should have been caught. Crabtree has eight of them for Joe yeah, Flacco. It's, it's, it's really bad. He's leading the league in, in drops, I believe. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, and he has a reputation for this, right? He's done this in the past. Right, right. Uh, and, and I, and, has anyone seen Des Bryant recently? Right. <laughs> and uh, Brian's posted on Facebook, you now have to win another game you weren't supposed to win. And I, I think that's that's true. You do have to do that. You have. How to, many wins is to, going to take to win? How many how many wins is going to take to to win the division? Uh, division. Yeah. Ten or eleven. Something like that. I think what you got to do is you have to split with the Bengals and the Browns, and you're going to have to sweep the Steelers. Which you, which normally you just count every division, just just split with them and 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 double up on the Browns, and this year you're going to have to double up on the Steelers since you couldn't double up on the Browns or you could have a uh, go into Kansas city when the chiefs are still undefeated right. and you beat them. Right. You gotta be, you gotta be the team that the chiefs sleep on. No one's sleeping on the Ravens. Though, though the, the chiefs are a team that Joe might be able to put 400 yards on because their defense stinks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but the defense looked good for the right. Ravens for the most part. The, the defense did for the most part. There was they let up that big third down play, and their excuse yeah. was that no one on the field knew what the play call was. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw. That's ridiculous. Uh, that should never happen. Um, you do wonder why Joe couldn't score all these points when we just saw the Oakland Raiders put up like forty-two points on the Browns. I don't know. It's a funny game. It's weird. Well, well you, you know what? Well, you know what? What? What they did and what we didn't do. Caught is, the ball, and then ran the ball. How yeah. about we do that? How well, about we run? I was looking at the run stats today because everyone was saying, why aren't we running the ball? Because I agree in those uh, goal line situations, you need to run the ball more. Um, 
but the the Ravens are like seventh in the league for running. When I was looking for uh, run attempts, now I don't think Alex Collins really has broken anything like he has in the past, and he's definitely been benched a lot more than he has. But they're tr- they are trying. I disagree, Josh. Uh, uh, Alex Collins, I just pulled it up. His yard, his uh, the, his his number of carries. Um, yeah. First week he had seven carries, then nine carries, then his, his most he had against the Broncos eighteen, and then against the Steelers it went back, it went back down to eleven ca- carries, and then the Browns he had twelve carries, twelve carries for fifty nine yards. That's almost five yards a clip, and he only gets twelve carries in in a close game like that. I don't understand how that happens. Right now, part of that is that we have three running backs. And, well, and and a quarterback that runs. Um. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but still, um, Alex Collins should be getting more carries than Buck Allen, um, and he should be getting more carries just just in general. Right now, so far this season, Alex, Alex Collins has two hundred and seventeen yards. Uh, Buck Allen has ninety six yards. Lamar Jackson has seventy two yards. Dixon has forty four yards, and uh, Joe Flacco has twenty three yards. In Russian. So well, at least at least we can get in the red zone. Just run the ball, please. We can get within the five right. yard line. Just run the ball. Right, exactly. Uh, what I what I thought was weird with the Browns game is that they kept trying to go for like the long ball or throw into double coverage when we've been having good luck the previous four games with hitting the tight ends right in the middle. With big guys like Andrews or Hurst was back yesterday and I think he only got one or two catches. Yeah. Well, you have to go to the film on that one, on, on what happened there. Back yeah. to the lab. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask film study. We'll find out this that's, week. That's a film study question, yeah. All right, you boys ready to get out of here? Yeah, man, I got to try to beat that tunnel before it goes to two lanes. Oh, the race is on. It's on, and I need gas. Uh, uh, uh. All right, boys and girls, thanks for checking out another edition of Section 336. Like us on Facebook. And on Instagram, follow us on Twitter at Section3D6 Show. Join us live on those platforms. Oh, yeah. Join us live. We're, we're live on every platform possible every Monday at 7.30. We, we, we've narrowed it down to Twitter and Facebook. Oh, is that where we're at? Twitter and Facebook. Twitter and All Facebook. Right. All right. So check it out on Twitter or Facebook every Monday night at 7.30. Also, go to iTunes and subscribe and write us a review. Five stars, please. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert on Twitter. At Bert Rohde. And you can follow the button lever on Twitter. At Josh Rocha. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.